Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday night. I've been waiting to talk to the next guest. I got to tell you for over 20 years, but back in the day, he was working for Roger Sportsnet. I was working for Bell Media, so I couldn't talk to him. He couldn't talk to me. And now finally, the stars are aligned that we can talk to each other. He is very opinionated. I'm going to make fun of him a little bit. He's going to make fun of me a little bit. But he's exactly the kind of people that I like dealing with, people that have opinions, whether right or wrong, they have opinions. It makes for great radio. In his case, it made for absolutely great television for over 20 years, and he's still bringing it now today on Breakfast Television. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, of course, today was a very, very busy day for the Toronto Maple Leafs because they introduced their new general manager, Brad Treeliving. They also said goodbye to Kyle Dubas, about a week ago, but today Kyle Dubas said hello to the Pittsburgh Penguins as their president of hockey operations, not as a general manager, after saying, hey, if it's not going to be in Toronto, I'm going to take at least one year off because I'm not going to be able to put my family through this. But this gentleman and I, we exchanged text messages about a week ago, and he told me that he thinks the Montreal Canadiens might have a brighter future than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I said, I really got to get him on. It is the Sick Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by these guys right here. La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you in part by... Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terban. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. Now, without further ado, our guest from Breakfast Television, Formerly of Tim and Sid on Sportsnet, Sid Sixero, what's going on? This has been a long time coming, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Long time coming. How are you doing? Very good. Now, I said Sid Sixero because I would imagine most people know you that way, but I would think that the Portuguese translation, is it Sixero? Yeah, basically. Sixero. That's how you do it. All right. If you're in the old country, Sixero. I've, but, uh, I've I've been there many times, by the way, many times. <laughs> I've, I've been I've been to Lisbon, I've been to Porto, I've been to Faro, I've been to Villarreal de Santo Antonio, little uh, little village. Uh, my boys played in uh, tournaments there and stuff like that, and so uh, I had some uh, some good chicken and rice and some good some good meals in Portugal. Yeah, some amazing food. Some of the best seafood I've ever had. Some yeah. of the best. I got to go back soon. Pre pandemic, we were there, but I got I got to go back. So, uh, I got to go back. So yeah. listen, man, you, it, it's it's a real honor and a privilege to be on with you. You've been running Montreal's market for decades. And as someone who I appreciate the tea up, as someone who has never been shy about giving an opinion, I appreciate talking to someone who was never shy about giving an opinion, regardless of whatever the consequences were. Yeah. So there wasn't there there wasn't many of us out there, Tone. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. There's a lot of us out there. Everyone no, thinks right. they're going to, can you, can you swear on this podcast or not? You can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. there's like, everyone thinks they're getting a fucking job with the team. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Everybody thinks they're getting a job, but yeah. uh, I, I, I appreciate what you do, man. Well, I, I think, it. I thank you very much for saying that. And I say this with all due respect to our colleagues, uh, because there's a lot of good ones, but I have to tell you that for the last 20 years that I was working in sports radio, uh, for the competition, that my absolute favorite on the other side, and I'm not saying this to pump your tires, was you. Uh, Get I, out of here, man. I, I, I really, Get yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. I, I watched you religiously. I very much enjoyed the show. Um, you were my favorite of the two. Like I said, you were my favorite out of the entire Toronto market. I, I'll, I'll go a step further and saying uh, that uh, you were my favorite in the country, to tell you the truth, because... I'm, I'm getting I'm getting emotional. Don't well, me, I'm getting no, emotional. no, but it, I'll <laughs> always say it, it is because, like I said, I like people who aren't shy to give their opinions. I like people who aren't scared to give their opinions. I like people that don't care if they ruffle feathers. I like people that don't care what other people think. I like people that will say whatever they think deep down inside, and they won't care if they get blacklisted or blackballed. And that was, I think that's me in Montreal, and I thought that was you in Toronto. So for me, the pleasure is not yours. The pleasure is all mine tonight. It really is. So thank you for doing this. I'm glad we can do it uh, because we're on completely different ends of the schedule. (laughs) <laughs> like you're kind of yeah. your evenings on mornings. Like this was always going to be difficult, but this is good. This is going to be fun. So I appreciate talking to you today, man. How are you enjoying breakfast television? Like I, like I don't know you very well personally, but watching you for the last 20 years, like I always got the feeling that I did, but I have to tell you, your move shocked me. I'm not going to lie to you. It didn't shock me that you left what you were doing because at a certain point there's other challenges and we want to go on and we want to do different things. But usually will kind of stay in the same business. Now, you stayed in media, but breakfast television is obviously different than co-hosting a, a TV sports show. So uh, what, what, what brought you to breakfast television and how are you enjoying it? I mean, probably, I mean, probably a lot of people have the same story. It was the pandemic. And, you know, there was a moment early on in that pandemic. You know, Tim and I had worked together a very, very long time. And when, when the lead up to like the, the big shutdown happened and Antonio, I know you felt that a lot of people like you, you got a, we had a weird feeling about it. Yeah. Like you had, you had that feeling like this was, this was not normal. Things were going to happen. There is no blueprint. Let's see where it goes. And I don't know how often I've said this up with a mic on, but there was a moment when the pandemic hit in 2020 and, and Tim McAuliffe and I went from a studio to doing three hours of radio out of our kitchen mm-hmm. or wherever Tim was. And I just, uh, not everyone, I, I'm going to say this carefully. Not everyone in the business was asked to do that. Mm-hmm. You're picking up what I'm putting down, Tom. I, I absolutely like, am. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah. At some point, you feel a little uh, taken advantage of. At some point, you feel, because Tim and I were good enough to give you three hours of content when there's not a damn thing going on. I mean, like, you, you, you remember that time. We were just waiting for an NHL to make the NHL to make an announcement on what the return kind of looked like. Hey, what was, was it went on? It, you know, the night there was the what was it? There was the announcement in basketball that uh, I think the next day. Then there was it was it was a shutdown. Like we, if I think about the last twenty years, we had to come up with material during NHL lockouts during COVID. It was. I look back right now, and I'm like, how did we do it, Sid? How did we I, do it? It was extremely Tony, tough. Tony, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And there were days where I'd, I'd shut off the unit we had uh, to, to remotely talk to each other. And I'd be like, and I listen, man, I don't mind a challenge. I know you don't. I'm not a quitter. I've done a lot of craze. Like Tim and I did seven straight hours at a Raptors championship parade once on TV, commercial free. I'm not afraid of a challenge. Wow. The last time I did seven straight hours was my honeymoon. Hey, oh. <laughs> I told you to say anything on this podcast. That's for that's for a different podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, for a different right. podcast. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but like, there were days where I'd be like, 
like I'm a mule. Yeah. And it wasn't about, it wasn't about the topics. It wasn't about how entertaining we could make it. It was about just getting to the finish line every day. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that at all. That's not why I, that's not like there is, I can't say this enough and few people you understand and your producers down through the years all understand. There's not a lot of us in this country who know what three hours a day of sports radio is really about. Especially when, unlike the United States, you don't have a team of 12 researchers helping you out because in Canada, uh, you probably have a couple. I personally didn't have any. Like, my researcher was me. Booking the guests was me. There was no outside help. I mean, I had an operator, of course, but uh, that was it. But you know what? I'm going to pick up on something you said. But when you and Tim were doing television during that time and you were both doing it like via almost like this, looking like a Zoom call, I guess. Yeah. You guys used to see each other, right? The way you and I are seeing each other right now. So when I was doing radio and, you know, I was doing it, you know, I had to log on to, they would send me a link, log on to that link. And that link, once I logged onto it, all of a sudden they're transmitting me on the airways, right? I'm over, I'm over the air and I'm on the radio. And at one point I was doing it. I started doing it from my home as well. And then, you know, I found there were disturbances or I would hear, you know, Uh, some talking in the house. My wife owns a dance studio, which is a couple of blocks away from my house. So I decided to go to the dance studio, which was closed during the day. I decided to go there and there I I had my peace and quiet and I would do it by myself. And um, after a couple of weeks that I was doing the show, I came home one day and I said to my wife, I said, for the first time in my life that I'm doing radio, like I'm not having that much fun. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, "I'm, I'm pretty depressed. And she said, you're pretty depressed. And I said, yeah. And she can tell I was getting emotional and stuff like that. And we started talking about it. And then it hit me. And she's like, Tony, I understand. For 20 years, 19 years, you've been in a studio. You've been face-to-face with everyone. And right now, you're basic, You're doing radio. You're not doing Zoom. You're not doing television. You're doing radio. You're, you're logging on to a link, and you're on the radio. You don't see anybody. I was staring at a wall for three hours. And so... You know, doing radio during COVID was very tough, very, very tough. And obviously then when uh, slowly but surely we got back to the studio, it, it made it easier. And yeah, it was tough. It was really but tough. I, but, but along those lines, like I, like the, the, the joy of, of what I had gotten out of, and listen, it changed for everyone. So like suck it up, Sid, I understand. But the joy of what we were doing was gone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because it was no longer about content. It was because there was none. It was about. Yeah. Just fill. It was about filling time. Yeah. But now that there and, is content and now that all this, the sports are going full throttle, you miss it? Certain days. Yeah. Like basically, like the last 10 days in Toronto. You missed it. It would be fun. It would be fun to be on sports radio again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For or sure. it would be fun doing a national television talk show again. Yeah. But like the but but you you know you know this very well. And and the one thing I've learned about kind of stepping aside and doing morning television, yeah, is there are like 10 tops really good sports talk days a year. There's a lot of middays where there's an angle that's good enough and you just ride it. Yeah. But like in terms of those, like I want to, you know, Tony, you know, those days where like yeah. down through the years, you're like, you, you can't wait to get in front of that mic. When they can't game, wait when to get to beat the Leafs in game seven, the next day. An- after the anniversary was yesterday. Thanks for bringing that yeah. up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like those days. Yeah. Um, but I do on those days, I still get the itch. Yes. Like I yeah. still, and it's been, it's been a steady diet of that. In this market. All right. Sure. Okay. We're going to get to everything that transpired in the last week in just a second. 
But so we can, you know, uh, cater to our audience who's watching live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter, and you can listen to us on Google, Apple, and Spotify as well. And if you're not subscribed on YouTube yet, please subscribe. Tell your friends about it. It's absolutely free. And the more of you subscribe and the more of you watch, the more money I make. It's a beautiful thing. Really, it is. Okay, so <laughs> don't worry, Sid. I'm going to send you something. Um, I appreciate I, it. Let's, let's get to the Canadians right away because when you and I started exchanging text messages a couple of weeks ago and I reached out to you and you got back to me and you threw out an, uh, something, a comment like, the Canadians might have a better future than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So now, do you, th- do you believe that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, like, first thing, they're stocking yeah. up on good, good talent high in drafts. And Bradshaw yeah. Living said something, the new the new GM of the Leafs, said something today you forget about is that to get high-end talent in this league, you do have to go through pain. There is suffering in that. You need to tank. You need to tank. And if you don't tank completely, you still get a top... 10 top five, you know, like, and there, and those are specific types of skill sets. Let me add, you're not, you're you not going to see those guys in round four, but you need to be fortunate in the years that you're tanking that there's some pretty good talents because True. for example, the Canadians tanked two years and one year they ended up drafting Galchenyuk at three. And the other year they ended up drafting Kakanyemi at three. And, and, and yes, you know, Kakanyemi, they could have drafted Kachuk instead and Galchenyuk, they probably could have drafted Morgan Riley or Philip Forsberg instead, but you know, the Leafs chose the good year to tank, if you recall. They traded away Dion oh, Phaneuf, yeah. they traded away Phil Kessel, and they went all in on Austin Matthews. And, uh, you know, they, they won the lottery. They won the pick. They got Austin Matthews. That was a good year to pick number one. The year they got Mitch Marner at number four, that was – so they picked good years to be bad. Yeah, listen, there are – you know, not all number four picks are created equal. I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like – like it, it really the reason I said that to you is the vibe I get from 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 Hughes. And for a guy who hasn't done this before at this level as a GM, he seems pretty calm. He seems pretty steady in his rationale. Oh yeah. And and on top of that, I did not think Martin St. Louis was up for this. I did not. And look, I know they've lost a lot of games. Since he's been there too. Not, not a lot of people did, Sid, but judging by his career, and I know that being a hockey player is totally different than being a coach, but don't this, count him out. This guy's character level is yeah. like off the charts. Like I just, you know, he, more people bet against them than bet on him. And I can tell you, I'm happy to be on, on the right side of the fence on this one. I wasn't going to bet against this guy. And and by the way, it is a joy, an absolute joy and a, and a pleasure to listen to his press conferences and to listen to his philosophy. And especially when he talks about player development. And I mentioned this yesterday, he was on the spitting chicklets podcast a couple of nights ago. And if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Uh, because at one point he talks about player development. He goes, when I was in the league, I felt it was very much neglected and coaches were coaching teams and they weren't coaching players. And I believe in today's day and age, you need to coach players because if they become better individually, I believe it'll positively affect the collective. And he was just, he's such a modern day coach. He's amazing. But I'll agree with you on one thing. The Canadians have a better future than the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a better next two years or next year. Absolutely. For sure. Oh yeah, For sure. For sure. Then the, the but, I, but, I, but I don't like what I, when, when Trey living starts really peeling back at what Kyle Dubas has done here, there is not much coming through the system. And I don't know how you how you band-aid that it's in easy. any serious way. It's easy. You gotta renew everybody. And you gotta you gotta hope that the core eventually will win, don't you think? Because no, but I you- think but listen, what I heard today was a little concerning. I gotta be honest. Like I I I Brendan Shanahan sat there today, president of the Leafs, and, and Brad Living sat there, the new GM. And I'm not expecting them to show any cards because this is it's June in the NHL. Like they can't do that. This is this is when everyone you know settles up to the table and starts to play poker. I get it. You're not going to hear anything real today. But if I hear skill players one more time about a team who, when they're not given any power plays late in any playoff series, can't do anything. What are we talking about? 
Like Tony, I got I got to be honest with you. The feeling in this city right now yeah. is enough. The fan base has had enough, and they are really, really tired of going. The majority need to see this core at least get get massaged. Because whatever this is in the regular season, I did the math. Do you know how many hundred point teams in the league there were last year? Hundred no. point teams. Remember when a hundred points mattered in the NHL? Yeah. That was a real statistic. 37 fucking percent of the league got 100 points last year. And we got people running around this market saying Dubas is a genius for two straight 100-point seasons. You and I can get that in, in a second. It's not That stat is meaningless in this league right now. So th- there's, a, there's a section of the fan base that, isn't, isn't, that doesn't float their boat anymore. They can't, they can't watch this team just continuously – not show up in big, big spots. So now, I'll say, I'll say how do you is, change that? I'm not sure. But okay. Troy Living's got a hell of a challenge on his hands. But I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this about Dubis because based on what I read, it doesn't look like you're the president of the fan club. So actually, before I do, why don't we get to what Kyle Dubis said when the press conference took place? Um, you know, the exit interviews and stuff like that. Let's bring up Kyle Dubis's interview. I'd say is that I'm I'm not gonna I I I definitely don't have it in me to go anywhere else. So it'll either be here or it'll be taking time to recalibrate, reflect on the seasons here. But you won't see me next week pop up elsewhere. I, don't, I can't put them through that after this year. And a week or two later or whatever it is, it's announced this morning that he's the president of hockey operations of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, which leads you to tweet to this earlier today. Kyle Dubas, fraud. All right. Okay. Talk to me about the whole fraud thing. Fraud thing because uh, you said he wasn't going anywhere and he was. Fraud thing uh, regarding any other matter or fraud in terms of he's not a good as, as good a GM as people think he is. Which one? Uh, I, I think you hit the triple word score there. Okay. Look, I, I see here's what's going on right now, which I find fascinating. There is, there is an analytics community in this city and in this league who are right now really concerned. And this guy was, at, at some level, Mr. The analytics, post, the, poster, the poster man for the process, for Corsi, for skill, yeah, for all of it. Yeah. And in my... And I, I am, I have receipts on all this. I've been saying this for seven years in this market. Yeah, most of the time on national television. He fucked up right off the bat with some of the worst contracts I've ever seen in this league. They gave themselves no wiggle room. They gave themselves no chance to bring in a four million dollar defenseman that mattered when you needed one at the deadline who wasn't named Jake Muzzin. You didn't have room for that. Four forwards at half your cap. That was the genius move completely backed by Brendan Shannon. Completely. Yeah. No one in their right mind who knew hockey thought that was a good idea. Now, but one yeah, person I talked to thought that was a smart idea. But I didn't think once you had Matthews and you had Kadri, I didn't think going after John Tavares and signing him at $11 million a year for seven years, $77 million. I didn't think that was a good move. Okay. A couple of years later, I'm not so sure it's still a good move. I'm I'm not so sure it's a good move. However, he was one of their best players in the playoffs. He scored the goal and came up big versus Tampa. And so I can understand the little. Tony, he had two big games. Tony. He had two big games. He scored a hat trick and a blowout in game two against Tampa. Yeah. And he was and he and he ghosted that entire game six in Tampa. And he he put one on net and he got lucky. You're right about that. But Tone, honestly, this is not eleven million for that. You gotta be kidding me. No, I you wouldn't have pay, to be kidding. I wouldn't pay him the eleven million, but how many good games did Matthews have? When I see John Tavares as captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I kind of understand because when I see Austin Matthews, he does not ooze leadership. Listen, I'm not – Matthews has won an MVP. Matthews played – I think he played most of the year hurt. I believe that. And on top of that, the guy – of all those forwards, who's coming back the most? 
It ain't Tavares. It ain't Nylander. It ain't Marner. Marner for Selkie is hilarious. I have no idea how that happens. Matthews was the was the best defensive forward in that in that tax bracket. That Center, they had centers usually are. So yes, I would say it's more Tavares Matthews. isn't. I would Not say eleven million. I would say it's more Matthews versus Tavares than Matthews versus Marner or Nylander because I expect Matthews to come back more than Marner or Nylander. You see what I'm saying? No, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. like I just think like but I'm hearing but this yeah. but my part of my issue is and what you're living has got to figure out is like I'm reading online. And again, it's online. You and I yeah. know it's it's a lot of it's BS, but it's like Matthew Barzal gets acquired by Leafs for somebody. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because your first crack at a second line center didn't work. Yeah, because that's now he's now moving to the wing. So, I, like, I, I just I I'm not I can't professionally forgive Dubis for putting them in a cap situation that they're currently in. So I, I can't do Dubis, it. I think Dubis instead of signing Tavares, should have kept what he had at center or go out and get another center and a defenseman or a defenseman and a goalie, and that would have been $11 million better spent than giving it to a centerman. Having said that, having said that, this is a group that didn't get it done because I think we can also make an argument that Kyle Dubas in the last year gave this team as much as he could. Don't you find like he added a lot of players in the last year and it maybe took him a little bit too long to figure this out, but he started to give them a little bit of sandpaper. And unfortunately, this is what the analytics crew have never figured out is that you can take a look at all those numbers and they're all fine and dandy. And I believe in analytics, but I also believe it shouldn't be the be all end all because you know what? At the end of the day, you need soldiers and you need sandpaper and sometimes you don't find those numbers in analytics. No, I'm with you. And that's what I like about Brad Treliving, because he's he's not against analytics. Yeah. But he also has a gut. Like he has like you have to you have to run a hockey team on field at some level. You have to you have to know the game. Yeah. Like this is, I gotta tell you, this is the Leafs have a weird habit of like they've either gone after rookie people in Sheldon Keefe. And Dubis, and technically yeah. Brendan Shanahan. Brendan Shanahan's never been a president of anything. I hear you. Like either they go rookie, or they bring in like Brian Burke or Lou Lamarillo or Mike Babcock, and you can't yeah. tell them shit. They invented I, hockey. I like the fact that Shanahan doesn't have notes at his press conference, though. I like that, though. I like that. No notes. Well, Brad Bradshaw came today. I, I, and I, well, I'm, I, I like. I'm just I like, saying. I, yeah. It's fine. That's yeah. listen. I don't notes. No notes. I'm good with. It. But All like right. I just need, I I I like the fact that Tre Living has experience and he's still hungry. Okay, I really like that. Are you telling me that this is the right hire? I think right now, given the context that it's June, you and I are talking here in June. Yeah, the Leafs have to re-sign Matthews. The Leafs have to re-sign Nylander potentially. The Leafs are going to get calls on Marner because other teams aren't dumb and they're hearing yeah. what they're hearing. They have you to have, have to have a con. You have to have a conversation with Tavares, who yeah. seems disinterested in doing anything aside from moving to the wing to help this organization. In yeah. terms of in terms of uh, the captaincy, in terms of his no movement, in terms of any of that, John Tavares is not giving you a thing. So you have to talk to Tavares. What about Morgan Riley? Is he a real number one defenseman for you? Morgan Riley's coming off his best playoff with a good cap number for a long time coming up. You don't he tell was, me teams are going to be interested in Morgan Riley. He was going to be interested. I, I know what you're getting at. Basically, what you're saying is time is against the lease right now. They needed to add a general manager and fast because there's work to be done. And considering the general managers that are out there, probably nobody has a better CV than Brad Tree Living. Look, but, the, the but, only other guy, Tone, the only other guy, and the rumor is they talked to him quick, was Bergevin. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't have hated that either. I wouldn't have hated that either. You need a butcher to go in there this month. This is no joke. This is the most important 30 days this franchise has had since Shanahan got here. Full stop. Yeah. You can't have some rookie running around with some OHL resume, not to disrespect the OHL, given the task to fix this. It's, Based on it, it's not possible. What you're living said today. Because he said that Austin Matthews... Oh, but before we get to that, can we have Brendan Shanahan? Can we bring up Brendan Shanahan a week ago uh, when he announced uh, that uh, Kyle Dubas was relieved of his duties? Manager is playing out the last year of his contract. There's, there's always the possibility of a contingency that you might need a new general manager. He might choose to go to another team. Um, 
And I think that I felt I had gotten a little bit closer and felt some indications that we were going to work this out. I would say after the press conference on Monday, I was less sure. Um, and, I, and I thought there, there is a real possibility that he might not want to do this and that he might need to, I think, as he said, take a step back. At that point, um, I hadn't ruled Kyle Dubas out, but I certainly had to make sure that I was thinking of other options as well. Right. Before we get to Brad Living and the press conference earlier today and what he had to say about his core four and especially Austin Matthews, that was Brendan Shanahan talking you know, on, a, on, on the Friday at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon saying, sorry, I brought you in, but you know what? I relieved Kyle Dubas of his duties. Uh, Kyle Dubas talked, even though Brendan Shanahan suggested that he didn't talk. And if you listen to what he had to say, some believe that he was negotiating through the media and trying to get himself more money. And when Shanahan talked about the fact that Dubas's agent came back and asked for more money, A, in your opinion, was Dubas negotiating through the media? And B, did his presser get him fired? I, well, he one, he was clearly negotiating. I got duped. I got I got to tell you, Tony, and I think a lot of people in this market, and I'm not the biggest Dubas guy, obviously, but when I saw that presser, like I hadn't really seen a presser like that before, let alone from an organization that doesn't really, it never peels the curtain back like that, ever. It's the most stoic, heartless, from a communication standpoint, organization I've ever seen. The Leafs give you nothing. Players, coach, it doesn't matter. Sheldon Keefe, early this past season, ripped on the team after a game against Arizona and had to walk it back the next day because they don't they don't give anything to the media. We don't do that here. Like yeah. that's the type of market this has turned into full prior to this whole circus. So yes, Kyle Dubas was negotiating through the media in hindsight. I did not, I talked to enough people, and the question, everyone had the same question. What was that? And I go, I don't believe someone would use their family like that. I don't believe it. I'm going to give Kyle the benefit of the doubt. Yes, it's been a hard year. It's been a, fans in this market have had it up to here with that act. Of course, of course it's going to spill into the families. It does for all the families, as Shanahan yeah. also pointed out. When I heard today that he was going to Pittsburgh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Choose my words very carefully. I've lost a lot of respect for Kyle Dubas. Money talks, bullshit walks. Not just money, though. I'm gonna, and that goes into the second part of your question. I don't think that press conference by Dubas in Toronto got him fired. I thought, what get Because Brennan Shanahan said numerous times at his press conference he was going to offer him a deal. Uh-huh. Out in five to the Panthers, eight seed. Still going to offer him the deal. I don't think he wanted to work for Shanahan anymore. Well, I, it was clear when, because I don't think it was the money that was the issue. I think the issue was Kyle wanted a seat at the table. The power. Kyle wanted to be there when Brendan was explaining things to the board. And what did Tony Montana say in Scarface? First, you get the money, then you get the power. You get the power. <laughs> <laughs> and then and be careful what you ask for because they don't they don't they don't celebrate first round series in Pittsburgh. They want rings there. That yeah. that guy better be ready. That guy better wake up. He's got an older team that's aging by the year. Everyone's locked in. Good luck to him. Yeah, Good the luck pressure's to him. not going to be on him though because the pressure is going to be on the general manager, but he might be Oh, pulling. no, it's his dance. This is his dance. No, yeah. no, no. I completely so you, disagree with that. So you think it's he's the be... general manager without having the title? Oh, dude. He's yeah. Maasai. Yeah. He's Maasai. Like Bobby Webster's the GM of the Raptors with respect. Who do we look at? Who do we look at? At least, at least he knows what he's got to do, though, though. He's got to patch up that team because he does. You he can't does. trade those players based on their age and based on their money. You just can't. But I, I but I, I but I going to go, but anyway. No, you're right. You're right. But going back to the to the Shanahan thing. Yeah. What got Dubis fired mm-hmm. was he he made a play on Shanahan. And Shanahan, that was his breaking point. One of those political guys in the sports arena in this town said, well, that I can't have. You're trying to stick it to me? You're gone. Yep. 
we're not we're not doing this. Never mind the never mind the fact <laughs> they won two more playoff games in the year before, and Shanahan was ready to extend them. So when when Dubis's agent was negotiating with Shanahan, they probably were talking to other people at MLSC, and somebody whispered in Shanahan's ear, "Hey, by the way, this guy wants a seat at the table." Oh yeah. Well, well, that was no, that was the agent. Yeah, All that right. was part of the. That was part of the new structure. It wasn't just money. So Brad Trilliving today, earlier today at his press conference, talked about the core four and said it shouldn't be a core four. It should be more about a team. But he did say this. He said Austin Matthews is priority number one. I text Austin. Uh, I want to meet with him. He is not just a good player in this league. He is an elite player in this league he's one of the best players in the league and uh, we want Austin to remain a Toronto Maple Leaf for a long time so my question to you is how is this going to go down because you'd have to think that with John Tavares making 11 million dollars Austin Matthews is going to ask for a lot more than that so what now because they can't trade on John Tavares no one's going to take him no can you buy him out can you buy him out? That's a lot I don't of know. buy out for a long time. It is. Yeah. But but if the cap post, like when is the post-pandemic cap just go skyrocket? It's coming yeah. up, right? It's fast approaching. Do you eat that? I don't know. Like I I, I just. How about I ask you this instead? Since the would you trade Austin Matthews? Well, let me, let me, it's quite the question. The, your first question was, how's this going to play out? We're I think this, I think this is, you know what? Look at us. Yeah. Look at us, Tone. Yeah, we can start. <laughs> listen, we can start another. Listen, uh, Sid and Tony or, uh, or, or, or Portuguese, Italian, whatever you want. <laughs> Be fun around World Cup time, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, at least you guys qualify. Eh, we, we do. St- we stink. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we lose games we shouldn't lose, but that's, we, a, that's a different podcast. That, we, that, that made me sick. That yeah. was my sick podcast, that World Cup. Yeah, we win Euros, and then all of a sudden we go around all arrogant thinking we invented soccer and we get knocked off by nobody. So my wife's, my uh, wife gets mad at, at the Italian national team all the time. But I always I say the same thing I'm, I'm going to say to you. Yeah. We should just win. You yeah. win, like, re, like in, with, in recently. Like in we the dress, 2000s, you win many things. They, they dress very well, though. No matter who their sponsor is, I got to tell you, their apparel is dress team. Sponsor. Yes, yeah, might well, not qualify, but damn, yeah. do they look good going to Northern we Ireland for those we games? Look yes, absolutely yeah. amazing. Yes. <laughs> so you were saying. So here's, here's what I think is going to happen. And and well, the first one was confirmed with Trilliving. He's getting on a plane. He's going to Phoenix. He's he's going to meet with Matthews face to face. Okay. If I'm Trilliving. That's what he did with Jonathan Huberto in Montreal, by the way. True. And he locked that one up pretty quick. You know, he was, I think Huberto was vacationing in, he was in Montreal. And yeah, I think he was in Montreal. And he Montreal and, and he gave FaceTime him an matters, right, Tony? FaceTime yeah, matters. Yeah, like, you yeah. know that. Yeah. And and it looks like True Living, when he's one-on-one, can, can cut deals. Like, he looks like a guy who knows how to talk to younger athletes, which is important. Yeah. Um, I He's going to go down to Arizona. He's going to talk to Austin Matthews. I believe... He's going to be firm on a date when the Leafs have to know what the number is. When's the draft? 22nd? 28th of June. 28th and 29th. 28th of June. By the way, Wednesday and Thursday night for like probably the first time ever, because as you know, they're usually Fridays and Saturdays. Why the league is doing the draft on a Wednesday night? Wednesday and, then, and Thursday? What are Wednesday they doing? Thursday in Nashville. Yes. Yes. Wednesday and Thursday in Nashville. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually... Actually, you know, they're not dumb. Draft wraps up. You party in Nashville for the weekend. Uh, you could probably do that. Yes. By the way, Brad Trilliving, who's got great business acumen, we will say that because it's not all bad. I mean, there, there are strengths there and there are, you know, there are a lot of pluses there. And one of which is nine years experience as general manager with Calgary, seven years experience as assistant general manager with the Coyotes. But I'll bring to your attention a couple of contracts. In 2014, TJ Brody, a five-year deal at 4.65 per year. That's not too shabby. In 2015, Dougie Hamilton, a six-year deal at $5.75 million. That's not too shabby. Mark Giordano in that same year, the, a six-year deal at $6.75 million. Johnny Gaudreau, a year after, a six-year deal at six point seven five. And Matthew Kachuk, before he traded him, an eight-year deal at nine point five, based on his season and his playoffs, you'd have to think that's a good contract too. So 
when it comes to the contract negotiation, uh, I know you you weren't too fond of the work that Dubas did. Tree Living gives out good contracts. It hasn't worked out for Jonathan Huberto yet in the in the first season. I think I think it will. Yeah. I think it will. Daryl Sutter lost it last year. Held him back. I, I, I don't know what that was. And, and to be fair to Brad, I'd like to see that team with, uh, you know, is it Alex Tangay? I don't know who's going to coach that team next year. But who, I'm, I'm, cur- I'm not writing off what, what, what Trill Living did. Yeah. I'm not. He did a lot of amazing stuff under very difficult circumstances. Very yeah. difficult. And I think he needs some credit for that. So Trill Living says to Austin Matthews, I need to know before the draft, the 26th, let's say, what is the actual number? Because if Austin, if the Leafs go past July 1st and they don't know the number and Austin's no, no movement clause kicks in, they're screwed. They're screwed. They can't do that. And Bradshaw Living still has muscle memory of what that's like with Johnny hockey. There could be a trade to be had with the Arizona coyotes. If you think about it, I mean, they're playing at a mullet arena, 5,000 seats. They want to build a new arena or move a new arena, wherever, whatever they're going to do in Arizona. A, a, a hockey in Arizona is basically on a, on a, on a, on a respirator. You know, yeah, you want to do something. And now look, people watching and listening right now, are probably saying, Tony, what are you talking about? If Austin Matthews just, they don't trade him and at the you know they don't sign him at the end of his one year he's gone and then he can end up signing for Arizona for free and they don't have to give up anything that's true too but maybe Gary Bettman gets involved here maybe you know what if it doesn't work out in Toronto maybe the league wants Austin Matthews in Arizona possible i they have the room not, not in that arena if there was some new arena coming and there was hope on the horizon i i would maybe see that point i think it's a dead end I don't think Austin Matthews cares about that market anymore like that. Maybe yeah, one at one point in his life he did. I don't know if it's now. If he's going to end up getting $14 million because he gets 10.6, Tavares gets 11, it'll lead you to believe that he's going to get 12, 13, 14. Who can give him that money? Like, where is there a trade to be had as good as he is at that money? The Blackhawks tomorrow can give him that money. Tomorrow. And they're not going to have to pay their kid for another seven years or whatever it is. Like well, three, I, I just, I just think three years. It is, it is the or three years. But the unimaginable in this market is to even bring up trading Austin Matthews. The business side of hockey tells you if you go past July first, you are asking for it. Because Austin Matthews didn't choose to come to Toronto. He was told to come to Toronto. You're right. These American kids, I can't read them. I haven't been able to read Austin Matthews since he got here. He's very careful in front of the media. He's good in front of the media, but he's careful. Smart, yeah. Like Mitch Marner shows his cards every time he's in front of the media. He's freaking out that he might leave here. Yeah, yeah. John Tavares is a robot. I have no idea what he's thinking. But there are other – but like other than Marner – Nylander, I can't read. Matthews, I can't read. And if you can't read Matthews, you got a problem. And but I'm you got me thinking about Chicago now. They gave up all their good young kids. They traded Kirby Doc. They traded Alex DeBrincat. Who are they going to give up? I mean, they're obviously not trading the number one pick. So what are they going to give up for? Yeah, nothing. Listen, that that's the type of team. It wouldn't be a this year trade. I think, but I think, uh, and it would have to be. I'm just saying, in terms of teams with room, Chicago would have room. But it, but you're right. They'd have to find a this year team. It's almost impossible to even think of how that would work, which is why I don't, I don't love where the Leafs are at either way here. And I, and Bradshaw Living is, I think, is a really good GM. But the Leafs have, have put themselves in a bizarre spot here. Like in an ideal world, your GM is negotiating this deal in April, whether whether you're allowed to or not, whatever. Back channel it, and July. First at twelve fifteen Eastern, you announce it. The cap hit is 
14, the cap it is 13.9 million. You are officially the highest paid player in the history of the National Hockey League. And you don't kill us on the cap. We can go out and do some business if we trade one of the other pieces. Sid, we're going to wrap this up pretty soon because we went longer than the amount of time I told you we're going to be on. So I I thank you for your probably right now. Oh, good, brother. What are you doing? Um, I'll I'll, I'll end it with two things here. Number one, uh, what would have been your reaction if they would have brought the Hunter brothers in? Mark um, and Dale's coach. My my only point there is, if Mark Hunter was that good, mm-hmm. why didn't he get another gig? I hear you in the NHL. Like like you, Tony. You've been doing this a long time, and you know you know when rumors get planted by people specifically. You can smoke. You that's the yeah. easiest thing to spot. This Mark Hunter thing is is it doesn't move me in either direction. Shanahan made his choice at the time. I was good with it. And if Mark Hunter had that kind of rep and that kind of, you know, that kind of database throughout the league, he would have found, like, you're telling me he can't get an AGM job in the league? Uh, There I hear you. But you know what happens in this league, right? You either get blackballed for a reason or you get blackballed for no reason. It's either or. All right. Um, How many times, and you've done a lot of this ever since you left, uh, and you started doing breakfast television. People get you on from time to time. How many times have they shown you the uh, the messy clip, the fraud clip? Can I, a few. Can I, should I bring it up or no? We'll laugh. Do you, have a, do you have it loaded in? Let's go. Yeah. Here's how you know what Messi's about. When they were winning the best things at Barcelona, was Messi, was Xavi. This is our closing. Iniesta, David Villa. That, that was a team. When they would break from 2008 on and go their separate ways for major tournaments, Xavi and Iniesta and David Villa and all those Spanish guys from Barca were winning tournaments. Three in a row. Euro 2008, World Cup 2010, Euro 2012. Tony left. Messi, the second he steps on a field without that core, is average. And you have seen it in Copa Americas. You have seen it in World Cups. He's now gone 675 straight minutes without scoring a World Cup goal. Because Xavi's not there. Because Iniesta's not there. Because David Villa's not there. And the best players I've ever seen in my life can play with anybody. (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo can play with any... Michael Carrick sucks. He does. I, I was right on Michael Carrick. I'm making a point. I'm making a point that Ronaldo right didn't, have, didn't have Xavi. Carrick Ronaldo didn't have Iniesta. I was right on Carrick. Oh my I was god. Right on Carrick. Oh man. So we we have we have a we, no. So but anyway, I think we cut it short there because at one point. You yeah, you did. Five. Yeah. But can we bring up the picture in the end? <laughs> yep. You know what's a, you know what's amazing. Yeah, is like it was like because they lost the first game to Saudi Arabia. People forget they lost oh, yeah. that first game. Yeah, yeah. And then it just started. And honestly, Tony, I, by the when they beat, I think it was Holland in the quarters. When yeah. they beat the Netherlands, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucked. Like these when I saw them, when I saw he's, them, it was the first the because they had gone on an incredible streak in World Cup qualifying, of course, and going into the yeah, they won the Copa yeah. America. They were yeah. they were. When I saw them lose the first game. And I saw them play the first game. I said, this is the same old Argentina. They don't have chemistry and they're not going anywhere. And a lot of people were talking about them winning the World Cup. And I said, no, I just don't see this happening. But then, you know what? You got to be lucky to be good. And you got to be good to be lucky. And they got a couple of breaks and they got a couple of penalty kicks. But uh, they were able to find their way. And as the tournament went on, they got better. Uh, And uh, I know they beat uh, France by the slimmest of margins, obviously, in the final. But for a big portion of the game, they had taken it to France. They played very, very well. So. Should have never went to extra time. They, they fell so, asleep. Look, I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you something. That clip, that's the reason I love you. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of people that would have said that, even even if they felt it. And and look, prior to that winning that World Cup, a lot of people the the, the results were not great for Messi with Argentina. But even though they weren't. A lot of people would not have had the courage to go on radio or podcast or let alone television to actually say that because it's you know Messi, you can't. He's got all the Ballon d'Ors and he's he's arguably one of the greatest players of all time. You felt it and you said it. And today, obviously, he won the World Cup. But back then, 
were you really, really, really wrong? Yeah, of course you were wrong. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. No, no, but that's I was right the, for a window. I was right for a window. That's 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 <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I love you. And you know what? I think that clip, I think that clip got like something like two hundred and thirty-five thousand or two hundred forty thousand uh, or something. It was like crazy. Sportsnet. Honestly, we were going to break. We had like yeah. three minutes. Yeah, you know how it is. Sometimes you yeah. just you got the three minutes. What's on your mind? Boom. Yeah. And Sportsnet's Twitter account put it up, and then we lost complete control of it. Amazing. It just it 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 was stupid. But you it see that stupid. See that that's you Sid. You have a gift. That's a gift. I I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate there not, it. There's not a lot of people that can you could say. You know what? You got three minutes and just go on a rant like that and let it flow out just like that the way you did. And then that's usually what ends up happening. It goes viral. It gets hundreds of thousands of views. And, uh, you know, that's why you were as good as you were and, and still continue to be. And I listen, for me, this has been 20 years waiting. <laughs> and so I hope I don't have to wait another 20 years to talk to you again. Because no, let's not wait 20. Yeah, let's schedule I, it a little sooner. I, I, hope, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because, personally, I had a blast. It. Tony, this was, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. That Thank we could you. finally do this. Thank you for the kind words. And you listen again. Welcome. I'm, I. This isn't blowing any smoke, but you, you were an institution and still are, and you had the balls to say, you know what? I know exactly who I am as a broadcaster. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with some people I trust, and we're going to do this. And listen, sports media. Some interesting things happen in sports media right now, and I applaud you and what you've done and your team and and continue success, brother. Thank you're you, the, I, I just I just have nothing but respect for people who aren't afraid. Appreciate it. And you have never been afraid in your life with a mic in front of you, and I applaud you for it. Go and you know what brother. the best thing about Toronto is, eh? The highway back to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, have a good one. Take care, bud. All the best. Take care, brother. Have a good night. I had to get in the last shot. All right, there you have it. Sid Cicero, formerly of Tim and Sid. I love that guy. Now of Breakfast Television. Marinaro, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro as much as I did. Special thanks, of course, to Energy Transportation Group, to La Bitta TV, and to Murphy Clinic for bringing you the sick podcast. And if you like it, like it, share it with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. We are taking over the podcast world. We're out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. We're the sick podcast. And if you're going to listen on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, they're Cavallaro and Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. <laughs>